This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Um, we're going to grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 14. I see some guests, first-time guests, all of our guests. Thank you for joining us here tonight in our Wednesday night Bible study. We have small groups happening in the other rooms with our hustle and our uh, high schoolers. And uh, we got kids' discipleship going on. So a lot of great things happening tonight. And, of course, on Sunday, we invite you to come back. Uh, we have our 9 o'clock, 1030, 12 o'clock. And if you speak Espanol, which I don't, but I like to fake it, um, gets me a little extra sour cream on the side when I do. That's uh, at 2 o'clock. So uh, uh, we, we would invite you to come back and be with us Sunday. Amen. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Did I say Matthew 14 and verse 1? Matthew 14 and 1. And it reads like this. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. So we're about to get a story here of Herod dealing with John the Baptist. John the Baptist is dead. John the Baptist has been executed. And the writer of, of Matthew, which is Matthew, in this narrative, he's about to tell us how this all took place. It's kind of a weird story. Verse 3, For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. And when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give uh, her whatever she would ask. And she began, or being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John the Baptist's head on a charger or on a plate. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them that sat with uh, him at meat, he com uh, commanded it to be given to her, and he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother, and his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Went and told Jesus. Now the disciples are obviously very upset and when you're upset and when you have great loss, there's no better place to go than to go to Jesus. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the city. Now, I want to talk to you tonight, uh, not very long, but I want to talk to you about the voice. Everyone say the voice. Now, I'm not talking about the show, The Voice, even though I know there's people in here who like The Voice. That was what came to your mind when I said The Voice. And uh, 
church, okay? Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, we'll have a little bit of our own voice on Monday, next Monday, for all of you brave souls that will sign up. But we're talking about the voice, the voice that God sent to Israel. Now, I just want to give you kind of uh, the backstory here before we get into this story. The backstory is very simple. The backstory is that for 400 years, there's been silence in Israel. For 400 years, there has been no prophet in Israel. For 400 years, there's this big gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then all of a sudden, before the Messiah comes, before Jesus steps on the scene with his ministry, before he preaches a sermon, before he does a miracle, the Bible says that John the Baptist began to preach in the wilderness and everybody came out to hear this voice. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's two prophecies concerning the forerunner, the one who would bring the Messiah into play, which is John the Baptist. Isaiah 40 and 3 says, A voice calling, clear the way for the Lord. Malachi 3 and 1 was the other prophecy. Behold, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And so the Lord would send a messenger. He would send one that would be a voice. It would be a conviction. It was a voice in the wilderness. John, he was rugged. He was one wearing camel's hair. I don't understand how that works, but he was. He was eating locusts. He smelt like desert. There he was preaching in the wilderness, and everybody was going out, and they either loved him or they hated him, just like they would Jesus. They either loved him or they hated him. Why? Because he spoke the truth. He spoke the truth. He spoke the truth and it penetrated the heart. He was not a man who offended for offended sake. He was not someone who impugned people. He wasn't trying to uh, ruffle people's feathers by getting into their personal business. But he was simply saying, get your heart ready. Turn away from sin because the kingdom of God is at hand. There's a voice that comes. There's a voice that God sends before he brings the kingdom. There's a voice. There's a voice. There's a call. There's a sound. And to some, it was like an adjutant. To some, it was like uh, that little itch on your back. You know that itch that you get and you can't get to it, so you have to pay someone, your daughter or your son, a dollar to scratch your back, and they seem to miss it? And then when they finally get it, it goes away, but it pops up somewhere else. Down, 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 lower, lower. Anyways, that's what John was to most people. He was this, this nuisance, just a voice, a cry. It was like someone shut him up. But what he was doing is he was stirring up Israel. He was he was bringing to remembrance their shame and their sins and the stuff they thought they were getting away with. There was a voice reminding them over and over and over, get right, don't let this keep going going you can't keep living like this when the kingdom comes it's going to bring 
judgment. It's going to bring, it's going to bring fire. There's going to be a fire that's going to divide. And we know there was a fire that came from heaven and there was a dividing and there was the destruction of Israel in 70 AD, just as John, just as Jesus predicted that Rome would come in by the hands of the Gentiles and destroy, they lost their land. They lost everything because their hearts were hard and yet God sends a voice warning them. If you miss the voice, you'll miss the Messiah. If you'll miss the voice, you're going to miss the kingdom. So don't miss the voice. There's a voice that always precedes what God's doing. God's always up to stuff. God's not boring. God's busy. Once you get in the kingdom, you realize God's up to stuff. And, and, and once you get, uh, you know, baptized into this body called the church, you realize immediately, like, God signs you up for everything, you know. He checks all the boxes off. You know, you don't get to, get to choose. He just says, yes, you, I'm signing you up for everything. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that, and I'm going to work on that. I'm working in you because I'm going to work through you, and I'm going to set you up, and I'm going to put a, another Christian in your life. I'm going to give you a Judas to irritate you and keep you humble and on your knees. I'm setting you up. And so you, your, your life is no longer your own. God is not boring, and he, he does all this amazing stuff, but he starts with a voice. He starts with a voice that represents conviction, a voice that represents consecration, a voice that represents the mind of God that is trying to break that ground that is hard, to, to till the ground and prepare the ground for the great things that God has. The Bible talks about that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who throws a net into the sea. And when he pulls that net out, there are things that are found that are good. And there are things that are found that are not good. And you will discover in the kingdom of God just as many great things as you will find things in you that you go, I didn't realize that was deep in my heart. And God sent a net down and pulled it up and went, and you went, whoa, wow. I, I knew I had some issues, but I didn't know I had those issues. <laughs> but the kingdom is about bringing to light everything because what God wants to heal, he's going to reveal. And he does it with a voice. There's a voice that starts speaking. There's a voice that stirs you in the middle of the night. There's a voice that bothers you stirs you, creates inconvenience in your life until there is action in the right direction. Now, this voice has stepped back on the scene. He's got a ministry in the wilderness, and then Jesus comes to get baptized. There's a dove that comes down, voice from heaven. Jesus is baptized, comes up out of the water. And Jesus' ministry is now going to begin. John says, I must decrease. He's going to increase, et cetera, et cetera. But John doesn't stop preaching. In fact, he preaches and it seems like he gets, he amplifies himself even more. He gets more specific and he ends up talking about Herod. Herod is this king, this self-proclaimed king. We know there's one king. There's always been one king of Israel. It's been God Almighty. It's been Yahweh God. He is king and Lord and 
and uh, and we know that Christ is Yahweh Shah or Yahashua. It is Yahweh has become salvation. Now Jesus is the Lord God who has come to earth and the rightful King. But Herod is on the throne. He is there ruling. He is a carnal man. He is a man of sin. And now there is a issue. There's an issue. And that issue is that Herod is not living according to the law of God. And so John the Baptist, I don't know if he just couldn't help himself. I don't know if he was on assignment, but he began to speak very loudly again. But this time he was speaking to Herod and Herodias and this family and this sin and all the decadence and all the things that were happening. And so, of course, Herod didn't like it and Herodias really didn't like it. And uh, Herod has John the Baptist put away in prison. And so there's John and he's in prison. And John, even in his prison time, is having a little Jesus doubt time. And uh, he's behind bars and he has a sense of disciples and to, jo- to Jesus and says, hey, are you the one or do we look for another? I'm kind of confused here. I thought this was going to be a little bit different than how it's planning out right here and uh jesus basically sends back the disciples and says look the blind are seeing people are being saved and delivered uh exactly what was supposed to happen is happening and so there is john behind bars maybe with some unmet expectations and and disappointments and emotional struggle whatever he's going through but he keeps preaching he's that voice even in prison he's preaching he's preaching he will not shut up he's a voice prophecy of isaiah prophecy of malachi he's a voice he can't stop speaking until finally there's a birthday and until finally there's this scene. And the scene is this. This damsel's dancing. And she pleases Herod so much that he promises her anything she wants up to half of his kingdom. She runs to Herodias and says, what should I ask for? I mean, I'm just a little girl. I mean, I'm pigtails and you know, give me a tutu and some dancing shoes and I'm happy. I don't even know what to ask for. And he, Herodias said, look, I, I'll tell you what to ask for. Ask for John the Baptist's head. I want to silence that voice. I'm tired of hearing that voice. I'm tired of hearing that voice. Morning noon, night, it's all the time. I, we put him behind the prison bars. He doesn't shut up. We, we, we kick him out into the wilderness. He doesn't shut. doesn't matter what we do. The voice doesn't go away. There's only one way to get rid of the voice. Cut his head. I want his head on a platter. I want to know that he's not speaking anymore. I'm tired of the voice. And that's exactly what happened. The head of John the Baptist is cut off. He's executed. And furthermore, the head is brought into Herod and Herodias and to the company. And there is the head of the man There are the lips and the mouth that once spoke God's word. The one who introduced the Messiah is right there. And they've cut the voice off. Now you say, well, that's not really important. 
And I don't know if, you know, why Brother Matthew included this story. Well, the story doesn't stop there. Because we're going to see what cutting the voice off, what implications and what ramifications that brings when you cut that voice out of your life. There are people who hate that voice, that little preacher voice, that little conscience voice, that little conviction that's there and it's there. And when you try to get away from it, it's there. And when you try to run from it, sometimes it gets louder. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That voice that God gave you. God gave you a voice. He gave you a voice that's going to always be there. Even when you miss church on a Wednesday or a Sunday, uh, I, I'm thankful for my pastor and pastors. I'm thankful for voices into my life. But there's times where I don't get to hear them on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. But there is a voice. There's a voice that God gave that doesn't go away. It's there. It's a reminder. You, you get pull, someone pulls out in front of you on the freeway and you're about to, you're about to bring out the old dictionary and you're about to pull out some old words that you remember from those days when you were fishing as a sailor man up in Alaska. And, 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 and all of a sudden there's a voice that says, don't. Do that. Don't say that. Or you do it. And that little voice says, you shouldn't have done that. In fact, I want to just tell you, some of us, some, some of us think that voice is a bad thing. That voice is a very good thing. I want that voice. I need that voice. I, if left to my own devices, amen, I need a chartered course i need something that's absolute amen like those armadas of old that look for the stars a fixed point something that was absolute when the waves were tossing and the wind blowing and everything was uh, ambiguous you could look up and find a fixed point and set your sails according to the fixed point and when your emotions are up and down and when you are hearing all kinds of things and you deep inside of you is a voice that God gave you a conviction a little preacher amen in fact, you couldn't get here and you didn't get here into the body of the Lord, the body of Christ without that voice. It started with the voice. For some of you, you were out on crack and that voice started speaking. Even when you weren't in your mind, you started feeling something. You started hearing something. Some of you were so far from God, but there was a voice sent into your life that started stirring you. There was a voice. Thank God for the voice. But there are people who want to cut off and cut out that voice in their life. And I'm going to show you something. In the book of Luke chapter 23, our story now finds us. Jesus has been in Pilate's court. Pilate represents Rome. He's Rome's ambassador to Palestine. 
the Palestinians or uh, these Hebrew people and everybody else who's living there, the Jews, uh, they're more of a nuisance to Rome than anything. And so Pilate is try, constantly trying to mitigate and facilitate and fix stuff. And so finally with this Jesus thing, he's like, look, I'd find no fault in this man, but I'll send him to your own guy. I'm going to send him to Herod. I'll let Herod deal with him. And, and, and I want to remind you that Jesus had a dialogue with, with old brother Pilate. Pilate says, what is truth? Are you the, the one? And he says, thou sayest I am. He has this whole dialogue with Pilate. In fact, Jesus spoke with many sinners. He spoke with sinners that became saved and sinners that didn't. Or that we don't know that they became saved. But I want to show you what happens to a man who cuts off the voice in his life. Luke 23 and 8. When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad. For he was desirous to see him of a long season because he had heard many things of him and hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Do a trick for us, Jesus. Show us one of those little things. Here's some water. Turn it into wine. Do something. Make something happen. Do one of your tricks. And this is what the Bible says. Then he questioned with him in many words. Watch this. But he answered him nothing. Jesus never said a word to Herod. Never once. Never once. Why? Because he cut off his voice. He cut out the voice that God had sent to him. And if you cut out the voice that God sends into your life, Jesus, heaven, will become silent. Show us something. Come on, big man. Come on, guy in the sky. Do something. Show us. How can the kingdom come if you don't receive that messenger I send you? How can you receive the kingdom if you don't even let that voice stir you until you repent? And you say, yes, there's something that's got to change inside of me. And that net goes deep into our soul and pulls out the good and the bad. And let God reveal to heal and work in our lives. If you cut off the voice, you silence heaven. You silence heaven. And the chief priests and the scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. Herod was outraged that Jesus is standing in the court of the presumed king Herod and would not even answer him. 
Herod wants to see a miracle. Herod is jolly and excited. But when Jesus does not answer, Herod's wicked heart begins to mock the very one who made him. He was in the world. The world was made by him. And the world did not even know it. When you cut the voice, when you silence that voice, when you feel no more conviction, when you don't, when you push that conviction voice, when you push back that repentance voice, when you push back that little stirring that's in the, that's in your gut, it's in your soul. When you get rid of that voice, be careful. You may silence heaven in your life. Would you stand? As our musicians come, we're going to open these altars if you want to come and pray. We want to open our hearts. I want to say, God, I, I don't want to muffle or muzzle that voice. But in fact, God, amplify that voice. Make it strong. Shake me when I need to be shaken. Stir me when I need to be stirred. Don't let me think I'm getting away with stuff. Get my attention, God. Let me walk in your statutes. Let me walk in your ways. Let me walk in a way that's pleasing to you. Stir me, oh God. Let me draw close to you. If you want to come to the front and pray, I want to open these altars and step out of your, your seat or your aisle and come forward. Maybe just a time to reflect and pray. Maybe lifting up holy hands. Maybe kneeling. But doing some soul searching tonight and saying, God, I don't want to resist or quench the Spirit. I don't want to quench that voice that you've sent my way. Speak to me. Eyes closed all across this place. Hearts lifted. Heavenly Father, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. God, I give you my heart again. I say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. Let it stir me in the midnight hours. Wake me up, God. Send reminders, God. Let me know and hear your voice and recognize, even when it's like John the Baptist, even when it's like a wing, a, a, a reed shaken in the wind, when it seems mad or it seems crazy. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? But maybe, God, your voice is trying to get a hold of me, trying to get my attention. You send that voice, you send that conviction, you send that stir. God, I say yes, I say yes. I will not resist it. I will embrace it. And when you embrace the voice, that is where the Messiah was found. 
Jesus walking over a hill coming to get baptized and that voice John he said behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world the voice led me to the Messiah to Savior to hope for more information about who we are we invite you to go to the God bless you